0: What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Jets episode of the next Jets Etc. podcast. And with me, it's always my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with a plan, the one and only, the one and only, the one who I get to be, the one, I'm blessed, man. I'm just blessed to have this man with me to, to sink into sorrow, all right? Misery, disappointment, you know what it is. John Malika, everybody. John, how are you doing today? What's going on, my man?
1: Good, man. Good. Back after a late night, uh, that Knicks Golden State game, we had that pod after... Bad for that rapid reaction after uh, Steph broke that record. I was at MSG. But we're back at it, man. We're on to we're on to the Jets, and we're on to Jets versus Miami, and the Jets are out of the playoffs, unfortunately. And we're just it's just man, it's just another day in the cycle of being a Jets fan. You know, I'm I'm really happy we have our guest on today because he 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 gets it. He understands. He's with us. He's going to be able to, you know, take us through what's remaining of this season. Now that we're out of the playoffs, you know, what we're looking at, what we're looking forward to. And honestly, unfortunately, slash fortunately, the draft, like we have a lot of picks in it. It sucks that we're always looking forward to it as soon as the weeks hit double digits almost. But here we are, man. Here we are. I'm ready to get this going. Basketball season is about to start. Christmas. Right, and that means NFL season is about to end. Unfortunately for us as Jets fans.
0: Unfortunately, but fortunately at the at the same time. I would just yeah. I, I won't even They're say sweet. I want to see next That'd season, but sweet. I need—I need, I need to—I need to detox. I need to detox. But John, we're bearing the lead. Let's bring in our let's bring in our phenomenal guest, everyone. It's a returning guest. This man is a legend in just all the sports media on YouTube. All right, he covers the Mets, the Knicks, the Jets. All right, you know him. It's Richie Mora. All right, Jets media, Knicks media, Mets media. He gets us, man. He gets us. Richie, how are you doing today, man? How are you feeling,
2: Alex? John, always a pleasure to be on your guys' show. You guys, you're doing a great job, Jets Knicks podcast. I'll never forget when you guys first reach out to me, and I'm like, wait a second, there's a podcast about my two teams. Like, let's go. And the first time, I had a great time. So I'm so happy to be back on here, talk some Jets Knicks. I'm gonna use this as my therapy session because. I'm not talking to my audience. I'm talking to your audience, so you're going to see a different side of Richie today. I'm just really letting loose of how I really feel because I thought the Knicks would be, you know, helping me out in my sorrows with the Jets, but it's quite opposite. So I'm excited to dive into what's going on with these Jets and the Knicks. And uh, always a pleasure to be on with you guys,
0: Richie. It's a pleasure to be to just like to know you to to work with you. We've been on your channel a few times. You're over here, Look, man. We we get it. We understand each other, right? We're going to lead off with the Jets today because. <laughs> We got that matchup coming up against the Miami Dolphins. But look, as I, so, as I told you offline, all right? Grab the cup of coffee. We don't need your last... Although I said your last name. No one has to give their last name. Sit down. This is anonymous. We all we all could be in our feelings today. It's all right. So, Richie, let's start it off, man. Let's kick this thing off. Jets this season. We, we, we came in here with... When we last had you on, we, we came in here thinking that, you know, we understand this is a rebuild, a true rebuild. That is going to take time. We got to be patient for this team. And we were optimistic of what we were going to see from Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and all these guys. And some of it's been panning out, but the team play has been inconsistent. And we were all in here thinking about the, the defense. So what are your, what are your thoughts overall on this team so far up until this point?
2: Yeah, man. This has been one roller coaster season for the Jets. You know, it started off. With, you know, if you want to break down the first couple of weeks, it was the defense that was carrying us. And we thought the offense was holding us back. And Zach Wilson was having his rookie struggles early on, which was expected as a rookie. And we're like... Calling for Michael Flores' head earlier on. All the Jets fans are like, yo, he's not a why is he our offensive coordinator? Doesn't know how to do anything. And then we hit the bye week. Zach Wilson goes down. The defense was looking good. Um, they were looking great by any means, but they were exceeding all of our expectations, you know, the secondary included. Bryce Hall, like still to this day is playing really good football. And I think that Jets fans can say that we found our starter outside cornerback next year. Um, but we also need to get a starter in, in this offseason to pair up with Bryce Hall. But a lot of positives on the defensive side of the ball in the First part of the season, offense, not so much. And then all of a sudden, we hit a crazy moment where the defense looked like the worst Jets defense I've seen in my lifetime. And I'm a young Jets fan, and I'm used to the Jets defense being their identity, their backbone throughout the past decade or so, no matter who was the head coach. And Robert Sala is a defensive minded guy and Jeff Ulbrich's the guy that's playing, uh, calling the plays and the defense all of a sudden just cannot do anything. And I feel like, um, that comes down to obviously injuries that plays a big part of it. But at the end of the day, there's sometimes where we're giving up like 40 plus points and it's just becomes inexcusable. And then the crazy thing about it is the defense was looking so bad, but then the offense started to really thrive. Zach Wilson goes down. Uh, Mike LaFleur moves into the booth. We have the Mike White game. The Mike White era comes <laughs> out of nowhere. I was actually at that game, yeah. which was awesome. Um, and then the offense for the next three weeks straight was like the best offense in football. If you look at the stats in terms of yards per game and points and all these crazy things and Jets fans are like, what? I guess we needed LaFleur in the booth at the, at the, the whole time. Like Michael LaFleur yeah. needs to be in the booth. So this season has just been all the way up and down, way more down than up. Um, and then when our defense started to struggle, our offense was looking good, but now where we're at right now, it seems like both sides of the ball are struggling and the injuries, I think, is a big time factor. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous what's happening because the biggest positives to take away from the season so far for me in particular is the, the foundation is being built specifically on offense. Joe Douglas had an absolute home run in the draft class in 2021 uh, with Elijah Vera Tucker, with Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. Zach Wilson, we'll get into later on. And I think that, you know, he's probably the most important piece of this draft class, not to mention the defensive guys we got in the back end, like Michael Carter, the second, even Brandon Eccles is showing some flashes, but the foundation on offense is something that jets fans have been waiting for, for so long. I mean, the amount of times that I've wanted the jets to find a running back that is so talented late in the draft, the amount of times I want to see a wide receiver get drafted and actually look like a a, a stud. And we got that. Elijah Moore is looking like an actual wide receiver. That's not going to be good in this league. He has potential to be great. And unfortunately, the Jets' luck, he's on IR. Same with Michael Carter. Michael Carter has back-to-back-to-back breakout games. He's on the IR. So that's just the way the Jets is. And then, of course, Corey Davis is out for the season. So all in all, I just feel like what these offensive young pieces are showing me personally in Elijah Tucker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, those three are giving me a lot of hope for the foundation being built on offense. But the only issue is the most important piece of that puzzle is Zach Wilson, and he is definitely struggling as a rookie, and Jets fans have their concerns. And if he's the franchise quarterback, then that that draft class is going to be, you know, the reason why the Jets are good in the future, as we hope. But at the end of the day, I can't say with a straight face that Zach Wilson's our franchise quarterback until he proves it.
0: Yeah, I you said a lot of things on point. I definitely agree with the roller coaster part. This has been up and down emotions all over the place. And I really like the Mike White Hall of Fame game that we got really out of nowhere. This really stamps uh, a true season in typical Jets fashion, if I do say so myself. But I want you to, I want to elaborate, elaborate more on Zach Wilson. And John, I want you to chime in on this as well. Richie, are, are you concerned? with Zach Wilson right now, or do you think things will turn around? Do you think things will be fine in the future? You know, John and I, when we talked Knicks last season, I was a little skeptical about Obi Toppin. And John was like, he just needs an off season. All right. He just needs an off season to come around. I love the Obi Toppin jersey. I love the city editions. Um, I got my I got my Derek Rose, but this is a Jets episode. Gotta change it. Gotta change it to number 10 in the back. It's all good. It's all good. All good. Uh so yeah, John would be like, he just needs an off season. Now it's my turn. I'm saying, John, relax, man. Zach Wilson needs an offseason. Right? He, needs, he needs an offseason. How are you feeling about Zach Wilson so far?
2: Yeah, I think it will be way too premature to write him off as a bust right now. I think that how, how many games he played, seven or eight? Um, obviously, if you look at the, the numbers, he's not doing that good statistically. He has six touchdowns um, through the air, two on the ground and 11 interceptions, and the completion percentage is really bad. Um, but that doesn't mean that he did not show flash of potential of why he was a second overall pick. And that's what drives me crazy when I see Jets fans just saying that Zach Wilson has shown no, no flashes. He's a terrible quarterback. This, this and that. Like we have a young kid coming out of BYU trying to learn the speed of the NFL. And now what he's dealing with the injuries around him is definitely not helping him out. And I feel like, um, what Zach Wilson is very unique that is like pretty remarkable is his, development kind of needs to go backwards because he can make the big time plays. He can do the crazy stuff where you're like, wow, he has talent like, like that Tennessee Titans game, for example, but he's struggling with the easy stuff. He's struggling with the the layups. He's struggling with the mechanics. And I feel like that gives me optimism that if he does have a full off season of work, like you mentioned, that that can be fixed because I feel like, if it was the other way around where he, he could do all the intermediate throws, like, yeah, yeah, it's easy. But when it comes to that next level stuff, if that's not in his arsenal, for example, like Sam Darnold, Sam never really had that ability to throw the ball 60 yards down the field. He never had that instinctual talent, that golden arm that Zach has. Um, I think Zach Wilson, it's all mental right now. It's all confidence. Um, Whenever I see Zach Wilson go out there, I feel like he's very indecisive with the ball. And that comes with experience. That comes with a lot of you know playing time in this league. If you go watch his BYU tape, obviously he's going up against lesser opponents, but... The difference between BYU, Zach, and Jets, Zach, right now that I notice is the swagger, the confidence. He When he goes out there in BYU, he just exuberates like he knows he's going to light him up. And yes, I know the competition has a big reason for that. But when Zach Wilson finds that inner confidence and finds that swagger and has that, you know, the, the game speeds uh, slows down for him. That's where we're going to see Zach take that next step. Now we're going to see that this year. I don't think so. I think he's going to have a really interesting finish off to the year because that first half against the Eagles was extremely promising. Um, and then the second half, he didn't even get the chance to get back in rhythm because the defense was just uh, atrocious. And then obviously this past game um, was just really bad in terms of timing with his receivers and, in- inaccurate passes uh he did not turn the ball over which is a positive for the first time but i'm not out on zach wilson at all i think it'll be way too premature to do that i know jets fans are very reactive and they you know they want solid gone after year one they want Olbrich gone they want zach (laughs) on they want joe douglas gone and it's like you know i'm not someone to preach patience because i understand that jets fans you know especially older jets fans and myself have been suffering for 50 years so i'm not going to sit here and say you got to be patient and trust the process because at the end of the day, we've been patient for so long, but the reality is we're in year number one with this new regime. And in my opinion, I think that this regime has that long-term vision where you cannot really you know, judge them until year number two. I think next year in the system is where we can really, really judge Robert Sala as a head coach, Zach Wilson as a quarterback, and this entire coaching staff and players around him.
0: All right. I agree with a lot of that. John, what about you? Before I start giving my takes.
1: <laughs> you call me Mr. Optimism. Richie is is really hyped about Zach Wilson. And honestly, I can't blame him because at this point, we really don't have another choice. Like, no matter how many draft picks we have, we can't make a quarterback in the lab. You know, at, at, out of college, there's no quarterback that's going to save us. There's no veteran you know, free agent quarterback that's going to save us. And there's nobody we're going to trade for that's going to save us. So we, we we have all our eggs in the Zach Wilson basket, and we better be satisfied with it. And to be out with him after, what was it, seven games is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's It's absolutely insane. And when you look at it, Forget the statistics, just throw it out. Throw it out uh, You know, of your head for a second. He played well last week, and then, and as Richie mentioned, he was on the field for 70 seconds in the third quarter. And, and by the time he was back on in the fourth quarter, he's already out of the game because of the defense. I mean, to be out on a quarterback two weeks after PCL, finally looking like he has his legs under his shoulders a little bit, like he's not kind of scared to do anything. Yeah, I have gripes with him. I, I feel like, you know, he could have finished out off that run last week and then maybe not slid like in a celebration when he kind of, you know, gave up a little bit too early for no reason. Yeah, I have gripes with him. Am I annoyed with him that he can't hit a screen route? Sure. But I'm also annoyed that Ty Johnson can't catch. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm also annoyed that we, we have a lot of drops on the scene. Denzel Mims can't catch. Corey Davis this year really couldn't catch. And, and when he did, sometimes he fumbled. I mean, at the end of the day, the Jets stink, and it's really tough to say, "Yo, oh, yeah, that's Zach Wilson's fault. Because when I ask you, oh, okay, what do the Jets need? When If you say quarterback before the first 10 things, you have no idea what's going on with this team. Like, if you think that the, the drop-off from, from our, I don't know, right guard to the next person's right guard, and when you compare our quarterback to the next person's quarterback, I mean, it's not even close. Zach Wilson could make the throws that all the quarterbacks and, and it, all the top 10, 15 quarterbacks in the NFL can. Our right guard can't guard anything that the top 10 or 15 right guards are doing. Neither can our tight end. Neither can our wide receivers. Neither can our safeties. Neither can our linebackers. You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of sad. At the end of the day, I know we all look at the Ravens and say, "Hey, they had injuries, and so look what they're doing." Yeah, look what they're doing. I mean, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm not really off on Zach Wilson. I'm not off on the Jets. However, at some point, we have to start holding them accountable. I don't I I don't know when that is. Maybe when Joe Douglas actually has an offseason, maybe when Zach Wilson has a full offseason, but uh, it, it's hard for me to put a stamp on anything. Like I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm excited. What's going to happen when we actually have a linebacker and a safety on the field? You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen when Mikai Beckton comes back? Remember that guy? He hasn't been playing all year. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll hyped. I'm hyped. I'm hyped to see, you know, the trajectory. Of the Jets team, the only thing I'm not hyped about is the rest of the season, dude. I am done with the season. Just, just wrap it up <laughs> under a bow and just get it out of my face. I don't even... This Dolphins game, I could not care less about this Jets-Dolphins game. Like, there's nothing positive that's going to come out of you. If Zach Wilson comes out and, and has seven touchdowns and 600 yards, I'll be like, all right, who cares? No, no joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is that going to do for me? But, of course, that's not going to happen, but... I don't know. This game means to me. I guess there's there's some pride and hope in the Jacksonville game. There's of course me wanting to hurt Tom Brady, you know, in, in, in the Tampa Bay game. I don't care. I'll say it out loud. No problem. I hate that guy. Uh, but other than that, I'm just done with this year.
0: I feel I feel you, man. And before I get my take, let let me make sure to get off this live ad read, everybody. Okay, guys. As you know, this podcast we've partnered with FanSided, which is also Minute Media. And if you know who Minimedia also owns, it's probably another publication they like, the Players' Tribune, okay? And over at the Players' Tribune, they got a podcast. You probably know this podcast as the Knuckleheads Podcast, okay? They bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia, all right? You got you know who the hosts are. It's Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, all right? They're in their seventh season. of of doing this podcast, and they brought in guests like Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. They'll also bring on other special guests, such as musicians and entertainers. So make sure to go over to check their podcast out. They're on all streaming platforms, all right?
1: Now, back to our conversation. Darius, Darius Miles, Players' Tribune article, really good. You should definitely check that out. And honestly, the Demarius Thomas one was really good, too, that he wrote about his mom. Uh, a couple years back. Both of those, definitely check those out on Players Tribune. Really good. An
0: RIP to uh, to DT, okay? Because we'd, we'd even get to talk about that, all right? Um, But my take on this, I agree with both of you, and I and I understand both sides of this, right? I'm with Richie where I'm optimistic on Zach Wilson. I'm optimistic what we're seeing from this offense. I like what we see, what we saw from all these guys, especially the left side of the line. I can't wait to have Mekhi Beckton back because that left side... Seems like it's going to be impenetrable, okay? Michael Carter, ta- he gets more and more patient and finding the holes and making the right reads. And it just sucks, man, that he got injured when we need a running back. And you see what he could do in space too, man, on checkdowns and swing passes. That's what we need right now, just easy stuff. And then Elijah Moore just starting to figure it out. It's all starting to click. You see that route running, the separation that he gets. We didn't have any of that last week, none whatsoever. And it was certainly missed.
1: Finally, a second
0: the, round pick, Alex. I, Denzel Mims, I, I don't know what that... Foot, I still can't get over that foot drill. That foot drill is just burning <laughs> in the back of my brain. Just burns in the back of my brain. Richie, did you see it? Of course. Yeah, tough. tough what right are your here. thoughts, man? I want to know your thoughts.
2: <laughs> On Denzel Mims or that video of Denzel Mims? <laughs> <laughs> that video... That, I mean, if you want to get both, you can get both before I keep going... <laughs> I was one of the biggest Denzel Mims hype train ever because I've been waiting for a second round wide receiver to become a stud for so long. And thank you, Elijah Moore, for breaking the curse. But man, I don't know what's going on with Denzel. <laughs> I think it's all mental with him because there's no doubt he's got physical talent. It's just something wrong with his um, heart in terms of like his intensity or, or passion for the game or a will to win or. He's he the Jets. Yeah, he, he lacks
1: person, <laughs> yeah. He lacks
2: heart. Like, if you're going on the practice field and doing what you're doing by literally just like dancing, like, I can do better footwork than that. Like, you see Braxton Burials just like, (laughs) like, just like an absolute stud. And then you see Nims just like, you know, it's just to the point where how can you defend this guy anymore? I'm out here tweeting, like, oh, Corey Davis is out. (laughs) (laughs) Denzel <laughs> Mims, time to shine! All right, Mims, let's see what you got. He goes out there to back-to-back boneheaded penalties. Bench for the second half. Like I, I'm done with Mims, man. I really like. I, I've tried to hype him up. I've tried to be optimistic about him, and he's still got uh, opportunities ahead of him because we're still banged up at the wide receiver spot. So anything can happen. But at the end of the day, with him, I. You guys remember in training camp and early in the season where we're like, "Oh, this coaching staff are morons." Yep. What are they doing? With Mims? Yeah, well, I was part of that trade. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Coaching staff was right because Mims is probably showing them that he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. So it's that simple. I feel like it's all mental with him where he just doesn't have the mental like sense of urgency that you need from a guy. Like, for example, Elijah Moore, what makes him so great potentially is his mental ability. You hear what A.J. Brown has to say about him. Even OBJ before the season said that I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Elijah Moore isn't like – Rookie of the Year, or even Offensive Player of the Year. like It's all mental with uh, football, and Elijah Moore's got it, and Denzel doesn't.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll ask you this for both of you. Is Denzel Mims the Mitchell Robinson of
1: this team? No. No, he's Ooh. the Kevin Knox of this team. Oh, man. Mitch is better than
2: that. Even yeah. though he's going through a little, uh, obviously. My boy
1: yeah, Kevin Knox out here draining threes when he get the opportunity, though. I'm playing D, man. He His hand was in the passing lane last night. We'll, we'll get to that in with the Nick segment. But All right. I'm just talking about the mental aspect.
0: That's really what I was going for. Yeah, 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 no, was going he's for
1: more him. like Kevin Knox, dude. He just sits there all day, then he's called upon sometimes. And at least Kevin Knox comes and hits the hits three or two. Uh, you know, as Richie alluded to, when Denzel Mims comes in, he gets two penalties and gets, <laughs> gets benched for the rest of the game. And then <laughs> DJ Montgomery, the practice squad receiver, gets all the playing time over him. Yeah, it's like comes, it's like Kevin Knox comes in and gets a technical foul. <laughs> or like a flavor to and Tim's like, yo, what are you doing? Go go sit down.
0: <laughs> <dude."> <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's great. But again, back to what I was saying about Zach Wilson. I I I understand the concerns. Like we've talked about it, John, multiple times on this podcast. He's got to make the easy throws, especially the check downs. He's got to make those swing passes, the five to ten yards, the easy like loft passes. you got to complete them. That's concerning when you're not. But it's mental, man, and I think, as Richie alluded to, it's confidence, which goes back to your mental. Like, it, you have to be firm in the decision making that you're doing, and that goes back to his decision making too. The hesitancy to make some of these passes; he's not trusting his eyes, right? And I think that's where you need an off season. You need an off season to just stick with a coach and just everything changed. Like, <clears throat> I, I I can't remember the name of the QB coach he was supposed to have, but he he dies at the beginning of the season, man. Like right now, in a, in a, yeah. And that passes away, man. That's supposed to be the guy. And he's probably working with them and everything changes, right? And then I can only imagine what happens when you lose someone like that and you're trying to get adjusted to the NFL. And now you're now everyone's like in flux, like, holy shit, what do we got to do now to, to get make sure this kid's on right? And we've seen the flashes here and there. I like the Eagles game. I think that was the more complete game of being a composed quarterback like the titans game was fun don't get me wrong that was a lot of improv that he, and he, it that was just a complete showcase of the improv and improv yeah can't say the word improv that he, that he can do <laughs> uh it happens to me man my mind's thinking too quick i can't even say the word but we saw like a really good like poised quarterback performance when he had the ball against the philadelphia eagles and i think he would have been better last week too against the saints if he had some wide receivers that he was more comfortable with, like Elijah Moore injury
1: is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big it deal. Does. It is,
0: but it's not, but John, it's not a
1: serious long term though.
0: No, no, no,
2: no. Just in terms of Zach Wilson's development and his play now. I meant, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I so, agree for, for sure. So that's why I think he needs an off season. I totally get the concerns and that how it's just like. uh it's just, all uh, oh, right. There we go. There we go. Getting the, get the change. I'm sure he'll get the change right back once we talk next to him. man. We got to wish that, our man. boy best of luck. We needed him for the last two weeks.
1: That's a fact. I love
0: that. I I love Michael
1: it. Carter Michael Carter's coming back too this week. This week. Let's go.
0: Let's go. We need We need. For for playoffs.
1: <laughs> Don't <get me> started.
0: <laughs> do not get me started on fantasy. I, I can't do this. I can't. do I'm so angry. Just You have no idea how angry I am. Um, but he needs these guys back. He's going to need Michael Carr back, Elijah Moore back, just to even get back in that rhythm. And I and I'm I'm confident that he can be a. I, I think he could be a good quarterback in this league. I think he can be. I hate. I, I like. I don't want to like create these expectations. I know where we are, everyone on Twitter was having that debate. Aaron Rodgers is the ceiling. No, it should be Derek Carr. I'm not going to go with that. I, I like if he could. If he could be a good sustainable quarterback like not even Aaron Rodgers that's a big accomplishment for this team big accomplishment and I think he can be you just need to give him that right environment I think we're doing that by giving the offensive weapons as you see that they're slowing developing we just got to fix that get GVR out here out of here all right because that's who John was alluding to as a guy who's playing below league average as a great right guard
2: and then shout out for Joe Douglas for knowing that going out there and getting LDT for free and yeah. he plugged him in at right guard and been playing pretty good. Yeah, that's a fact. That's like a Douglas fact. knew that. Like, he deserves a lot of credit because Jets fans knew how bad Greg Van Roten is. And for the Jets GM to understand that and make a move like that by getting a guy for free, essentially, because we got Dan Brown back on the team, that's a very underrated move, in my opinion.
0: It is an underrated move. And I think people gotta be singing praises to see a better offensive line play because it has been better. It's like Zach has actually had time to make pros until GBR comes back in, and you're like, "Oh my god, this this fucking yeah. guy." Uh, but yeah, I, I'm 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 confident in Zach that he can be a good guy. I th- I just think he needs another off season. But I get, I, I feel you, John. I feel you, bro. Don't think I don't feel you. I feel he the doesn't pain. Doesn't
1: have <laughs> well, Listen, man. He doesn't have an off season. He has three days until he's got to play the Miami Dolphins, and he's a ten point dog. And finally, um, we're getting to lines that are reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally, the Vegas is adjusted because I don't know what five points to the Saints. I don't know what that was all about. That was the easiest bet I've ever made in my life was taking Saints. <laughs> but that's neither here or there.
2: Um, yeah, the, the Dolphins' defense scares me against with Zach Wilson out there.
1: Especially Demario Davis. He's, he he licks his chops every time he gets to play, uh, play the Jets. But finally, the line is adjusted to the Jets. It's 10 points. And Zach Wilson's going to have to come and put in a competent game. And listen, I'm, I'm sick of the Aaron Rodgers talk, okay? Listen, uh, when, when you do the top 10 QBs, I think it rounds off with Lamar Jackson being like number 10, like him Josh Allen, maybe like the 9-10 spot. All Zach Wilson has to do is really hit 11 through 15, and really there's a huge drop-off after number 10. Like, 11 through 15, like, that's where Tannehill is hanging out. That's where, you know, Derek Carr is. Like, he he can hang with those guys. There's there's no reason why he's not a a top 15 quarterback, you know, from the 11 through 15 range. And this is the week where you start growing, right? Because the season's over. You have nothing to lose. What scares me is I think he, like, There's like this, there's this saying, right? That if you start thinking while you're playing football or you start hesitating, you're going to get hurt. And is he over the season already? That's my question. Like, does he care anymore about this year? Is he just like, like, yo, let me just finish these couple of games. I just don't want to get hurt. Like, we'll just make some throws. We win, we lose. It doesn't really matter. Or do you guys think he's gonna like go out hard for this Miami Dolphins? Like, do you think the Jets want to win this game, or does this, or does I this hope. Dolphins game not really matter? I that, hope like, because if if it's, it's
2: the like, other way, what you're saying, I'd be really concerned about Zach mentally and this entire franchise, mentally, like their approach, because obviously it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things of this year. Playoffs is out of, off the table, but what they're trying to do right now is build a winning culture, and that's why when I get people like ask me like, "Oh, Richie, shouldn't we lose out?" You know, draft. We have to be the highest draft pick. I'm like, no, no, no. I can give two craps about where we draft. Like we got two picks and potentially two of them, in the top 10, top 15 guaranteed. And we need to sustain wins to like, even though a win, like doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, obviously, but we got a, such a young team that needs to learn. How to win in this league because we're learning that it's not easy to win in this league. And we got rookies playing. We got young people playing. We got a young coaching staff that needs to learn in game decisions, clock management, timeouts. Um, you know, just all these little things that this entire Jets organization from the coaching staff to players need to uh, like develop winning habits. And I hope Zach Wilson is like taking this game seriously that this game, like he's playing for himself. He needs to like really hone in because. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of things I'm concerned about with Zach Wilson. I know I said a lot of optimistic things, but there is a little sense of concern with me personally with his footwork and his inability to hit the easy throws because you bring up Aaron Rodgers and I think he's trying to be Aaron Rodgers and that's not doing good. Um, Like if you look at his footwork, like he's like fading away on his, on his throws, like he's not stepping into it. And that's what Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes gets away with. And yeah, I think Wilson maybe have the talent to get away with it, but those two guys had had, I mean, Rodgers had three years under like Brett Favre. Mahomes had one year of like sitting back. So Wilson just thrown in the fire. He's trying to be this guy that can throw off his back foot, rely on his arm and be all this like mechanically loose quarterback. Well, no, you got to be able to, you know, step back one, two, three, hitch, get the ball out timing. And that's what's really going to separate Zach Wilson of a franchise quarterback or not. Because the amount of times I see him fade away with that back foot, not step in and drive, it, it concerns me. And um, I saw the same thing with Sam Darnold, um, and I, I really hope that he fixes that. And I don't think it's going to be fixed this season. I think we're going to see sloppy footwork throughout the rest of this season. Uh, the offseason is going to be a big, big time uh, the factor of him you know, developing the proper footwork mechanics. I think that's a really big issue that's
0: concerning me personally. I agree with that one hundred percent. And I was thinking the same thing. And I'm glad that you brought that up, because I was thinking the same thing when I was watching him against Orleans. I'm like, why are you throwing like backwards sidearm, like trying to fling it over guy? And, like that's that is one, a good way to throw an interception. Two, inaccurate passes, just first and foremost. Like they're in the same category, but you're not getting anything done by doing that. And it's I think that's correctable. We've seen guys improve on their footwork. But I do, it's that, it's trusting his eyes. I think this is just a big rookie, rookie thing. Cause I think everyone, we got hyped. We got hyped for Zach Wilson because we have Tony Romo and we have Chris <laughs> Simpson, oh, this guy, you know, this guy's going to be the next Pat Mahomes. You know, Same thing with
2: Sam Darnold, man, I fell for it yeah, with Sam. I, I really did. Uh, who but, was it that was like hyping up Sam? Like there's a lot of people, but go on.
0: Even Tony Romo yeah. said that about Sam. Yeah, no, like, and to get like Mahomes, Rogers comparisons, it's, you hear this and then you're like, yeah. oh, we should see that now because those guys did it as soon as they touched the field. Granted, as you point out, Richie, Rogers had three years behind Brett Favre. You had Pat Mahomes a year behind Alex Smith. Zach Wilson's being thrown to the Wolves day one. It's just so unlikely. For someone to come out here as a quarterback and do all of those things like day one. It's very rare for a quarterback to do that. And I this is where the this is where guys like that just we, we it's it's twofold. It's for us as the fans too to understand, oh, they're talking about the long term that this guy has the potential to be that guy. He's not gonna be that guy day one. He has the potential to be that guy. But then it's also on the other side saying, to, to clarify, like yes, at, at some point he can clear this. Not day one. Not day one will this guy be another Romo, or, or not Romo, another uh, Aaron Rodgers or uh, Pat Mahomes? Okay, and we have more Mahomes tweets going out there. We had all this stuff. We're here being thrown off platform, which I'm still fucking confused <laughs> about. I know what it is,
1: but it just just irritates me. <laughs> what, what do you guys what do you guys see this week from Zach versus Dolphins?
2: I think that we really need to establish a run game in this one with Michael Carter coming back in particular because the Dolphins secondary is legit. Um, and without Elijah Moore out there, we saw what Elijah Moore did to that secondary when we versed him uh, four weeks ago, 141 yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't really have confidence in our receivers getting open if we couldn't do it against the Saints secondary, which is pretty good as well. Um, I think that it's all about establishing a run game with Michael Carter and um, doing that Mike White type of style of dumping it off to the running backs, dumping it off to Michael Carter. Do not give Ty Johnson one target, first of all. Uh, <laughs> target target, target Michael Carter in the passing game. L- give him the ball in space because if Elijah Moore is down and Michael Carter is coming back, you got to take advantage. I think that Michael Carter should at least minimum get 20 to 25, um, maybe even 25 targets or what's the word of attempts and targets combined, like shares or whatever, like yeah. he needs at least like 15 plus carries, 10 plus targets in the in the receiving game because he's our only weapon in the, on this offense that I can have confidence with because what he was doing, I think like we forget since he was injured for so long, like like what Michael Carter was doing when he was healthy, it was blowing my mind. I never seen a Jets running back in so long be able to make people miss an open field like the way he does and like turn nothing into something. So he's a next level talent and I hope that, um, we rely on the run game because that's going to set up Zach Wilson to get eased into the game. Because if the run game's not working, I think Zach Wilson's going to have a a nightmarish game, similar to the Saints one, where he's going to have a very low a, a very low completion percentage, um, and just not be accurate with the ball. Because uh, if you look at the Saints game, man, a lot of it obviously is on Zach, but there's a lot of things that they are not going his favor with the receivers in terms of timing, and that's on Zach. It's also on the receivers. You see him throw the ball like. Five yards in the wrong way, where Keelan Cole's supposed to be. You don't know whose fault it is, but there's the timing is not there. He's getting a chemistry with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, his two top guys. They're down, and now Zach's got to find a chemistry with these other guys, and uh, right now he doesn't have it. So I'm not really expecting a big time performance from Zach. I hope he proves me wrong and has a a decent game of like maybe one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, a to pick. But like I don't know. I just feel like the run game is going to be able to ease him into the game, set up the play action. And because um, that's really what I want to see from Zach Wilson all season long is a run game first that sets up the play action plays down the field Uh, because there's not even a receiver that I feel confident that can get open down the field. To be honest, <laughs> I know Jameson crowd is very reliable, but he was non-existent against the Saints. Very disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keelan Cole has been doing some things like very like. There's flashes here and there. And then Berrios is like the best receiver right now that's healthy, apparently. So I love Berrios, I love Berrios so much. He <laughs> had six receptions, led the Jets in uh, receiving um, yards and targets and rece- reception. So I don't know, man. This Dolphins defense scares me. They're red hot. They're coming off a bye. And um, I think it's all up to Michael Carter to help like
0: bail out Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, we got Coleman coming back too. So I don't think you have to worry about Ty Johnson at least.
0: Yeah, hope so. <laughs> what do you think? What are you thinking, John, for this matchup?
1: I think the ten points is pretty fair. I think the Dolphins are ten points better than the Jets. I I what do I want to see from Zach Wilson? I just want to see him be competent. I want to see him take care of the football. Honestly, at this point, I just need him to be efficient with the ball, be Alex Smith. You know, we mentioned him in the show. And just dump it off to Michael Carter. You know, get third and shorts and kind of just go back to the basics because we have nothing to lose at this point. There's no reason to, like, go kill yourself to win this game. You know what I mean? Let's just try to figure out what works with this squad. Michael Carter is going to be here. Zach Wilson is going to be here. Most of the offensive line is going to be here, whether we like it or not. All right? So let's let's see what we got on the offense. I, I Ever since LeFleur went to the booth, I, I like this team on the defensive side of the ball. I just hate Tua, man. I just hate Tua, and the the <laughs> the, the Dolphins' running backs are. I don't even know who's going to be their starting running back this week, right? Because Gaskins out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their backup running backs are out as well. Philip so um, Lindsay's out. It looks like Philip so Lindsay's out. Everybody has COVID. Salvin Med so is out. I don't know who. Is it's like Malcolm Brown, back. maybe. I think that's What's the only cool. guy I can think of. Duke so, John- is Duke uh, Johnson still there? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh I got so that's a, that's that like when I when I look at that, our linebackers could handle that. CJ Mosley did back up his words. He's out here to play. Quincy Williams, he's there on or off. He had he didn't have he had an off game last week, so I expect him to be on this week. You know, even uh that new safety, uh Elijah, was it Ridley or something like that? He, he did good last week, Riley. Uh, he did good last week. So, you know, I just feel like it's so sad, dude. I just feel like we're in preseason. This feels like a preseason game to me it, it, on both sides of the ball. Like, I feel like the Dolphins are in preseason, even though they're fighting for playoffs. They just stink so much. So I, I hope that the Jets play spoiler and win this game and beat the Dolphins. I would love that. <laughs> I don't think the Dolphins are any good because, I again, I don't like the quarterback. And without, or if they can't establish a run. They're going to have a problem, but Jaden Waddle is really good. And you're talking about receivers getting open, Richie. Like, real receivers in the NFL, you know, no disrespect, can get open against the Dolphins. They have elite secondary. They have elite corners. So, honestly, this game is Michael Carter or bust. This is Tevin Coleman or bust. And, like, you would rely on your tight ends in this game. And I mean, all that being said, guys, we know what we have. Like, we know what our cards are. Like, you know what I'm saying? We know what our cards are our offensive line, at tight end, at running back, and at quarterback. So it's difficult to see a W here. I just see a disgusting game. I mean, if it wasn't for Houston versus Jacksonville, this would be the worst game of the week. <laughs> so yeah. I, we're, we're, we're just above water there. It's, for sure. it's, not, it's not by much.
0: I agree with both of you. I think the thing for this game. I would like to see a similar recipe that we saw was pretty successful with Joe Flacco played against the Dolphins, which was a lot of checking down and just taking advantage of what the secondary was giving you when you're trying to push the ball downfield. So Michael Carter will be a, will have to be a big proponent as well as Tevin Coleman. And you're going to need our front seven to, to really stop that. For, you're going to need our line to stop that Dolphins front seven if we're going to have a chance as well. Cause we're going to have to establish the run as Richie pointed out in this game. What's going to be making or breaking this game? If, if the Jets are going to have any chance of winning is the defense. Like the defense has to show up, especially against a weakened Dolphins offense without the running game. Okay. Gaskin's been a huge proponent of that team. They love to establish the run first before they start went into a start and passing the ball downfield. So if they don't have a running back and we're using now the four string running back, you know, CJ Mosley, Quincy, you guys got to eat, man. This is a prime opportunity. And this is, this game is, I feel like, is going to be heavily dictated on how well the defense shows up for this game because Devonta Parkin could get it, Jalen Waddle can get it, all right. Mike Geseki, he's also a good, he's a good tight end. These are good pass catchers that he has. Tua, not really consistent. You know, he's got a good deep ball, but not that consistent to to get all of his to to his uh receivers. But I think it's well, going to be one. What, on the I defense. like the under.
1: I like the under, baby. What's uh, uh what's I the line? What's the what's the line right now? I think it opened up at like forty four and a half and it's down to forty two or so. Mm. Yeah, there's I like the under.
0: N- I don't see either one of these teams succeeding twenty points. Yeah. I, I think well, I think we're definitely were, not.
1: <laughs> so I'll tell you that much.
0: This is gonna be this will be a good defensive this should be a good defensive game. is what
1: 28-13. Yeah. Okay.
0: We almost beat the
2: Dolphins if it wasn't for those boneheaded penalties. We got to beat ourselves in that game.
1: <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> the refs, damn it. <laughs> Goddamn refs. Every week, man, I got an issue with the refs. But yo, Well Shout out to our special teams. I'm hyped with them last week. So uh, I think we're going to rely on our special teams this week, too. I want to talk about more... tempering
0: expectations. I'm tempering my expectations. It was one good week. <laughs> Great man. Hardy is going to be out, though. Our, our special team's
2: ace. He's a COVID. Oh, Hardy's out? Oh, no. Yeah, he's on the COVID list. So watch us give up a punt or a kick return now for a touchdown without our ace, our
0: ace, uh, <laughs> ace gunner. My you're goodness probably, gracious! You're probably,
1: honestly, you're you probably right. Well, our if we want to end
0: on if we want to end on some good uh, on some good news before we get into our Knicks, shout out to Chad Pennington's son Cole Pennington <laughs> for committing to play at Marshall. All right, there we go.
1: Hey, We're in the cool. number ten looks exactly too. Exactly like him. He looks exactly like, like, like his
0: pops. Looks exactly like his pops. <laughs> really. He's yeah, he's got the, he's got, and he's got the, he's got the, the fresh, he's got the flow going too. You see that he's got the flow going. He was like, all right, pops, you had it going a little bit. I could do it better, but <laughs> shout out to, shout out to the Pennington family. But now let's get into the, the other uh, sorrow speaking topic.
1: Of <laughs> and speaking of COVID, dude, speaking of COVID, like ravaging, you know, teams, the NFL, and- the NBA <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> The Knicks, man. The Knicks are being ravaged by COVID, but sometimes there's a positive that comes out like Deuce McBride getting some playing time last time, man. That was awesome. Or even Quentin Grimes,
0: the the game before before he went out for COVID. So, Richie, you are are our guest. I'm going to start off with you, man, once again. How are you feeling about it all out, man? Yeah, come come on, man. What's here? What's here, man? This is all (laughs) emotional.
1: Give us your Knicks summary. You gave us a a pretty dope jet summary uh with the ups and downs. We're sitting here, what I call the NBA preseason. The preseason's almost over. Christmas right around the corner, where teams finally you kind of see where teams are and where they have to go. What do you think about these these Knicks, man? The the, the players that we signed were just were finally allowed to trade them. <laughs> uh <laughs> our boy Evan Fournier. No, I do not want to, to hear that name squad. on this
0: podcast. Do not mention that name on this podcast. <laughs>
1: um what do you think, man? What do you think, Richie?
2: Yeah, so to summarize the Knicks season, I said the Jet season is up and down, up and down. The Knicks were up and down. That's it. Starter five <laughs> and one, we're living on top of the world. You know, the, the side talk video comes out. Nick's fans are like, holy, oh, we're not getting out of the second round. We're going to the Eastern
0: Conference Finals. <laughs>
2: like, this is insane. Like, Nick's fans have waited for a team like this after coming off, you know, that season last year. And then, um, we all know where we're at right now. We lose like, I think we're what? Seven and 15 or something crazy ever after we started five and one. Um, and you know, the biggest head scratcher I have with this team is, um, the identity because the identity of the team last year was defense and Tom Thibodeau was you know one of the greatest coaches in terms of his uh system on defense and we saw that last year on full display he comes in the first year he wins he wins coach of the year uh rightfully so bringing a Knicks team that was abysmal the year prior to the fourth seed first place in pretty much every single defensive category known to man um all these players (laughs) overachieving and now here we are the defense is just not stepping up. And I don't know if that's um, players not buying into the system or the system's outage. I don't know what the issue is, but that's something that's a little concerning for me because what made this team so good last year is not only their defense, but their tenacity, their energy, and outworking their opponents. And I feel like we don't have that same approach this year uh, with this team. And that starts with the leaders on this team, like Julius Randle. Um, it starts with you know the veterans. It also starts with the youth. And I think Tom Thibodeau needs to realize that you know, these young players need some damn minutes. You know, obviously the COVID, it, it sucks. But it, like you mentioned, it does give opportunities to players like Quinn Grimes. We saw him go off for 27 on Sunday and then he goes down. So then Deuce McBride gets an opportunity. He shows some insane confidence for a rookie, something I <laughs> wish Zach Wilson shows. Um, And he goes out there and it's like, wait, we need, he needs minutes because what does Deuce McBride bring to the table? Defensive energy. And that's what this defense, that's what this team has been missing. And then even Kevin Knox filling in for Obi Toppin has been, uh, He's been looking pretty good, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Kevin Knox is a completely different player to Obi and He stretches the stretches the floor, shoots threes, attacks the paint. Not nearly as much as Obi, um. But it sucks that RJ has to go down because RJ was in a big time slump for 13 games. Um, after going on a five-game stretch of having 20-plus points per uh, per game, and then he gets out of his slump, drops 31. Looks like he's about to have a really good stretch of games, and he gets on the COVID list. So you know, it's been a really interesting battle for this Knicks team. They are 12 and 16 right now, and it it, it seems like there's going to be a lot of changes. And I don't know what it is. And the biggest thing I I want to ask, like you guys are, I wish I can ask Tom Thibodeau or something, (laughs) is like the whole Kemba Walker situation. Like, what are we doing with this? because when the decision was made I'm like all right I understand the defense is not looking good give you know Alec Burks a more defensive minded guy the reins and we'll see what we can do but we're like 1 and 8 since that decision was made we're 10 and 9 when Kemba was playing so that makes you wonder like is Kemba ever going to play again on this team number 1 is he going to be traded like what's going on and then obviously the elf in the room I won't mention his name cuz Alex said politely not to but that <laughs> that free agent signing is not looking good you know we signed him he doesn't look like a system fit He's not doing anything. He's doing cardio out there. All you got to do is hit your shots, and he's not doing that. Um, the only value every, the only value he brings to this team is supposed to be shooting, and that's not what he's doing. Um, so I think that Julius Randle is the guy that needs to be the one to look at himself in the mirror and understand that I need to find the balance of being aggressive and getting my teammates involved because it's either one or the other with Julius Randle. It's either he is totally unselfish and he's the primary ball handler. He's the playmaker, and he turns the ball over eight times, and he doesn't look at the rim at all, and he shoots like eight times. He's like two for nine or something like that. Or it's the other way around where he's completely you know, narrow-minded going to the rim. I'm going to shoot every time and iso and um, not get my teammates involved. He needs to find that balance uh, because that's what made Julius Randle so great last year is, number one, his perimeter shot was falling, and luckily against the um, Warriors last night, we saw that three-point uh, jump shot actually fall, which could be a good sign for this next couple of Uh, games that go in our favor the next couple of weeks, hopefully. But Randall really got to step up because I can see that the body language is very lethargic for him. He doesn't seem as much Biden as he was last year. Um, his I don't know where he's at mentally in his life. It's something going on off the court. I know he got a newborn kid, but that's no excuse (laughs) because the entire team has like newborns. Um, but you know, there's a lot of issues right now with the Knicks, and it's really frustrating. Um, and you know, it begs the 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 question of who's going to be moved. I feel like. If this continues, the Knicks are going to have to make some type of move. And that's either moving on from Kemba. That's either moving on from um, the other guy, um, maybe making, you know, packaging Mitch, because I know that, that Mitch has been, you know, not looking good, especially when it comes to social media, you know, going out there and doing all his thing on Instagram stories. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I think that the Knicks got to start playing with more intensity. And um, that's what they're lacking so far this year, unfortunately,
0: for whatever reason. I- that's a great, that's a great, two great summaries in a row from Richie. And if you guys aren't following Richie, make it a goddamn mistake. This is why, this is why you go to his channel. Solos, man. This, man. this man goes on the rip for 10 minutes, seven to 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, depending on the video. He just go, gives you the analysis day in and day out. Make sure to go give our guy a follow. All right. No matter Appreciate what team that. you follow. Jets media, Knicks media. If you're a Mets fan, I don't know if you're a Me- Actually, I, I won't say <laughs> If you're a Mets fan, cause you're a fan of one of these other teams. Max Scherzer, here, baby, come through. All right. We're we're Yankees fans. We're not doing this.
1: We're we're, we're giving you a video producer, Greg, is hyped right
0: now. He is way too hyped. (laughs) Too hyped. Yankees are doing nothing. Mets are doing everything. I'm sick. (laughs) Freaking sick. And I'll give you the, you can call this man F because the initials EF, whatever you want to go with. So we don't have to say that guy. But I'm just, I'm just annoyed with him because he was showing some, he was showing some wife slowly. And then it just went right back off a cliff. And now it's just legit cardio out there. And if the New York Knicks need anyone to run out there for about 29 minutes, give you some good cardio, no defense, no offense, I can do it for $200,000. I will save you. I'll save you that contract, New York Knicks. Please, I'll do it. But I agree with everything you said, Richie. Like it's There's a lot going on with this team, especially where they don't have an identity. Where well, last season was defense. You thought they were going to take that step to be more of an offensive-minded team. But hearing that under Tom Thibodeau is a little confusing because he is a defensive guy. So when you bring in EF and you bring in Kemba, you're like, all right, we get it. We're, we're we're sacrificing some defense to really improve our offense because Randall was the only offense in the playoffs. So made a lot of sense on paper. On paper, the signings look great. You're like, wow, we got Kemba for eight we got Kemba for eight million, two years in a row. We got EF for a three year. Three year deal, 56 million. Last year's a team option. Not even a bad contract. It's still movable. I know people are out there saying it's it's a it's a crippling contract. It's really not. This is like it's pretty middling for his caliber player. He just does not fit here because in Orlando, you know, and and I'm gonna stick on the F for a little bit. In Orlando, he was the second guy. He had the ball in his hands most of the times between him, Vooch, Terrence Ross. Yeah, DJ Augustine there all those guys and he was asked for to do a lot of playmaking a lot of shot creation and he has to take a back seat to Julius Randle to RJ Barrett so that means less touches he was in the top two top three of usage down in Orlando that has dropped since coming here and it makes sense that all of his numbers and stuff like that he's not a defensive guy but if you so, I, I get I get why he's struggling. For Kemba, it's the same thing. If you want the ball in Randall's hands, which personally I don't always want in his hands. I don't want him to bring it up all the time. That was the thing about another guy we won't have to mention from last season because everyone doesn't want to hear that guy either. <laughs> That's at least what he would do. That point guard would bring up the ball, give it to Randall. It's like okay, he did half the job that he was supposed to for 15 minutes. Carry on, Randall. We don't have that guy. We don't have that guy to do the. The more of the playmaking that we want from our point guard, so he's struggling. So now you're asking this guy to do everything once again, and he can't do everything because we saw that in year one. Now, if you're asking me, what do I think happens? I think we're going to see Kemba get moved, even though I think we did him dirty. Definitely. I think I, I think he has to get moved. There's no way he's he's staying here for the for the rest of the season. As more as much as I think about it, like I wrote for KFTV, that there's a potential that he could. Ha- Keep the depth and and have him here. No, for I just I just think he got, there's no way. I just the more and more I think about it,
1: with all these injuries and COVID, and so that's like, the okay. thing. I was shocked they yeah. couldn't even get on the court yesterday, honestly.
0: And that's the thing: if he can't even get on the court when we're down, guys, <laughs> and we need and we need some short, sort of shot creation, which he he can do at least. And he's like touching the court. This guy, this guy's out of here. For for EF, I'm fine moving him. Yeah, I really don't want to say that He's really, he's really, he is really irritating (laughs) the shit out of me, man. He, especially with the state comment, the state comment just threw me, threw me for a loop. I think you got the 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 right thing to do is to bench him, see if he works off the bench. If that doesn't work, you move him. I wouldn't, I don't care either way what happens to him
1: personally. (laughs)
0: But, John, how, how are you feeling, man?
1: I feel all right, man. I, I like our rookies with McBride and Grimes. Yeah. I, I do hope that they, they do find more time in their rotation, like D Rose asked for as well. He sees it too. That's cool. I, I'm glad that he sees that. I hope that Obi Toppin gets more time in the starting lineup with Randall. I hope that we're more aggressive in dictating lineups on the floor with, with OB at center. Or, you know, when we're trying to create small ball, or if we're trying to be big and run teams off the floor, put Mm. Obi at small forward and throw in the center uh, with Noel or Mitch. Um, I'm, I'm starting to feel that Tibbs is losing confidence in Mitch Robinson. So that makes me think that Fournier, Robinson, and Kemba will be traded. Um And ma- honestly, a little bit of Kevin Knox, too. I think Kevin Knox's stock really, really, really rose in that Warriors game. The entire world was watching that Warriors game, and they saw Kevin Knox ball out. He he got his hand in the passing lane. He w- was looked pretty good. All his shots looked like they were good shots. And maybe they didn't notice that, <laughs> you know, they were... Finding his player and rotating (laughs) the the ball to him, you know, to to make sure he was open. I don't know. You know, (laughs) he's not out there to be a defensive specialist. But uh, the only thing I'm going to say, Richie, that I don't agree with, I I don't think your criticism of Randall's fair. And I don't think everyone's criticism of Randall's fair. I'm, I'm at the Garden yesterday fighting with the two guys in front of me who are diehard Knicks fans because every time Randall gets the ball, they're like, you know, they're you know, trying to be funny. Oh, oh no! Oh, he's about. Dude, he had thirty-one points yesterday. Like, you understand? Without Randall, we lose games by thirty. Like, and it's not like oh, he scored thirty, we're gonna lose by thirty. Like, not that simple. He's bailing us out. Like, Tibbs has no offensive prowess. He just doesn't. He's just like here, just here, Randall, please score for us. Here, Evan Fournier, please score for us. And we've realized that's not a thing. <laughs> so. To I'm to be honest with you, I am thankful for Julius Randle. I'm sick of the Julius Randall slander. It's completely unfair that last year we all sat here and confessed and repented for our sins for you know throwing Randall under the bus. We're so sorry, Randall. You're the man. We accept you. You're our king. Look what you did for us. And then literally, we're not even at the Christmas game yet. We've traded him. We're upset when he gets the ball. And meanwhile, we have nobody. Like we have nobody with the team. The two free agent signings that you guys said are busts for whatever reason, whether he stinks or whether the team doesn't like him anymore. And Fournier and Kemba.
0: You're I, really I mean, me over here.
1: I mean, Randall is, he's doing everything the guy can. He did he, in the third quarter yesterday. I can't believe no, nobody's talked about this. I listened to all the Knicks media stuff. You know, I I've I've listened to the, the stupid national shows. I didn't expect them to talk about it. And I listened to our post game, like on MSG and stuff too. Nobody's talking about how Randall in the third quarter did everything, even the good he, and the he, he bad. I did
2: on my recap video. <laughs> all right,
1: all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna have to go back, and I'm gonna have to hold Richie accountable uh, for that. And I'll t- I'll take my words back because, dude, I'm watching that game. Randall did absolutely everything, the good and the bad. He w- he 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 made plays for himself. He had the defense collapse so he could find people open. He was getting charges. He was getting bad foul calls on him and complaining to the ref. He was getting turnovers. <laughs> like he was doing everything, like every single thing he was doing. And it's so embarrassing that we're sitting here at home during this game. Not only is it embarrassing that we had this whole stupid thing for Seth Curry, like I, I was over it after like 10 seconds. All right. With the music. We had a post game <laughs> during the middle of the game. First quarter, not in the middle of the game. So like that, that that was a little annoying, but then like on top of that, all of a sudden every time Julius Randall gets the ball, we have to be upset. Like who do you want to get the ball? Like that's what I don't understand. Like, okay, you don't want Randall to get the ball. Like versus the Warriors game, right? RJ's out, Obi's out, Kemba's on the bench. Who do you want to get the ball? Like I, I, I honestly don't understand. So I, I'm getting a little frustrated with the with the Randall slander. And I honestly don't think it's fair. And it's giving, it's kind of giving some merit to people when they trash the Knicks fans and, and, you know, and how we're so up and down and how we're just like crazy people yelling. And last thing I hate Bing Bong. I literally hate it. I hate when they, they and I've never been to the garden where they use it so many times. It's gross. Uh, like Usually, usually it's just once in the game, maybe twice. It was like four or five times. It's embarrassing, yo. It was a national TV game everyone was watching, yo. Why you keep doing Bing Bong? I'd rather the organ. They like, didn't use the organ, really. Uh, <laughs> like I feel like last game, jeez. I don't know. I'm, I'm Let kinda it all annoyed. out, John. Let
0: it all out, man. I'm, Let I'm, it, I'm it all
1: annoyed, out. Dude. Like, I'm dude. I'm at all these games, like high-profile games, Bulls games, Warriors games, and like we're asking Randall to do everything. We're asking, like, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. There, there, there's no, there's no point guard. How do you want Mitch Robinson to do good with no point guard? How do you want do, like you, you want, you want Evan Fournier to do good without a point guard? How?
0: Really killing me, man.
1: I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just letting you know, like it's just, it's just impossible. And we're gonna, it's just like asking the Jets, or you know, this is the Jets pod. I know we're off the rails here, but you're, it's like asking Jets, the Jets to do good without a quarterback. Like the the Knicks don't have a. A point guard. How do you expect these players to do well? And that—that's th- my take. The, the, the Knicks are never going to do well until we get a point guard. You know, we can we can—is that Miles McBride though? That's my question to you guys. Because to be oh, honest yeah. with you, off of one game, it sounds insane. I made fun of Alex. Hand up. I made fun of Alex. Asked me this question like three weeks ago. I was like, Alex, stop talking. <laughs> He's like, Is, is Miles? Do we have our point guard on this team? After watching him yesterday in person. He looks pretty good, man. He looks pretty good. <laughs> How the he tides looks have turned. How he the looks tides good. have turned. The way Love he it. dribbled. He, he was dribbling the ball down to the floor. He was very mechanical in his movements. He was getting to the right spot. He was, his hand was in the passing lane. He was playing good defense. He was fighting through screens. I'm just saying. I like Miles McBride. I want, I want him to play. That's all I'm going to say. I want Miles McBride to play basketball. We need Grimes to play. We need Miles
2: McBride to play and real quick, just on the the Randall topic, I know that I, I gave my little critique on him, but I'm not a trade Randall fan. I think that that is not obnox- like just nonsense. I'm actually someone that defends Julius on a lot of things. And whenever I see, like I, I tweeted yesterday, my uh my my takeaways from the game, and I said that Julius Randall had a phenomenal second half, played with heart, and the tweet blew up, and so many Knicks fans are like, oh, yeah. Randall had a phenomenal second half. What game are you watching? It was garbage time. I I'm like, what? Like Randall literally did everything in that third quarter. Nobody yeah. scored once in that third quarter besides him. And he was hitting his shots in the fourth quarter. Like what else do you want when we're down going up against a top team in the league and the warriors? And um, I just feel like Randall is, you know, has to do a lot right now. And I feel like he just needs to, um, I feel like this year for, for Randall, what's holding him back is his perimeter shot. I feel like that's mm-hmm. why he was so good last year. Cause that, from three. I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that again. (laughs) Um, But I feel like um, I just want to see Randall be more aggressive and get back to that way last year. I believe in him. I still think he's the future of this team. And I think that we still got to build around him. I think he's part of the future with this team. And I I don't understand why Knicks fans are so reactive to jump ship on him off of like the first 30 games of the season. Um, It really is unfortunate that, um, but it's the end of the day when you're a New York fan of the Jets and the Knicks, for example, you're very reactive and impulsive and you let your emotions get to you. So it's the world we live in as sport as New York sports fans.
0: And that's welcome to this podcast. But I agree with you, Richie. <laughs> like I, I agree with you 100% and like, especially for Randall, right? Because he did have a good, he did have a good second half. He scored 10 to 15 points alone in that third quarter without those 10 to 15 points. We're doomed. We're just looking at the game. Like, great. We had, we let Steph Curry win and, Get the three point record, and I didn't know we were in the Chase Arena. I thought this was Madison Square Garden. So, I agree with you one hundred percent. I don't like. I. It's hard, man. Like it is. It, I feel so bad for Randall. Like I critique him too, and I, I talk about effort with him. I talk about giving more defensive intensity. He's the leader. He's a hundred million dollar man. Like I, I have high expectations for Randall, and there are games where he does not meet up to, to those expectations. Okay, against the Bucks, he did not meet up to those expectations. But last night, I can't kill the guy because he finally put it together and gave us 31 points. So I agree with you 100. percent He needs the brains back.
1: <laughs> Hot yeah. take. I haven't heard that take yet. Actually, I haven't heard
0: that. I haven't heard that one in a little bit too. Yeah, he, all, he needs it. Yeah. He needs him. He needs to get the cornrows and back. He needs going. IQ, but and he needs like he needs help. The thing is, like when you look at this <laughs> team, it is more than just Randall that uh, is hurting. It is everybody that is hurting. IQ- if IQ was hot last night, and if uh, D
2: Rose was hot in the second half like it was in the first half, yeah, we could have won that game.
0: We're talking about a totally different game, one hundred percent. IQ is down right now, shooting wise. He's doing a lot of other good things, playing defense, pushing pace, playmaking. Like we're seeing growth in there. His shot hasn't even started to fall yet, and that's that's Yo- a struggle for this
1: team. You have yeah, Alex Burks who's struggling, who played
0: thirty nine minutes last oh, night. Last <laughs> what night, happened?
1: Yo, know, can I just say, IQ, my my like, tinfoil hat, and why IQ, his shot hasn't been smooth yet. He he's getting bigger. He's big. Like when I saw him in person, his legs are way bigger than I thought. <laughs> his shoulders are way broader than I thought. He's like, in the weight we, room all the time. Yeah, we talk about Mitch Robinson. I I think low key IQ got jacked <laughs> this off season. He did. I think he's he's still growing, and I think that kind of affects your shot a little bit. I think IQ is going to be so good in one I, more year.
0: I don't want anyone. I don't want any one of these guys to be traded. untouchable to, for
1: me. Yeah, IQ is untouchable either. for me, to be
0: honest with you guys. I was listening to SNY today, uh, their roundtable, and they were talking about potential trade candidates for Miles Turner. They, they were talking about potentially throwing OB Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. I was like, stop that right now. Miles Turner would be an upgrade. Please let's find something else. I would rather I would much rather bring an Andre Drummond next year. That's <laughs> on a friendly friendly. Wow.
1: you know how I feel. <laughs> oh wow, this guy Drummond. hates Andre Drummond more than anyone on earth.
0: <laughs> so you know how <laughs> I feel when I'm like I'll gladly do that option
1: <laughs> <laughs> and trade those guys. All right. All right, let's end this general uh, episode. Uh, 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 h- I have a question. Are they untouch- who else is untouchable for you guys? For me, Obi's untouchable, RJ's untouchable and IQ.
2: Yeah. Those are the okay. main guys would, for me, and I would even
1: I want to say
0: climbs and do slow key. But
1: oh yeah, of course I, I don't think I don't think they'll go anywhere
0: either. What I mean I youngs? agree, I agree with you. All those guys for the young guys, like I agree with them that they're untouchable. Like obviously, you know it's like the you getting some crazy like haul of return for somebody. But as of like, got, like if you're telling me, hey, we gotta throw in a manual clicking for Miles Turner, I'm gonna book you sideways. Like is Miles Turner worth that much to you? No, no I'm sorry, he's not. Like he would be an improvement at center, but he's also not worth the potential upside that you're getting in Emmanuel quickly. In my opinion, not like leading he was- to the playoffs. Like he's just a guy that's going to be able to stretch the floor and block shots. Like yeah, he's see- a good player upgrade, but not worth quickly or Obi. And, and when I look at like, and this is my thing for centers, when I look at centers around the league, they're so entertaining. You, you show me a, you show me a hundred million dollars. Uh, not 100, because I, I like Jared Allen. You show me an overpaid, <laughs> high-priced center like Rudy Gobert that's taking you to the playoffs. Show me right now. Show me, like someone. Show me that right now. I, I'm the centers are like the running back position in the NFL. They're so interchangeable. Uh, you can get them at a good. Uh, you disagree, need them, but
1: okay?
0: Yeah, you need them, like. But I don't think I you disagree. have to, like. Eh, that's my opinion,
1: man. If you hear this that's guy, He he's the MVP last year. You Ever heard of him? That Joker.
0: is a different story, yo. We're talking about an elite center, okay? Like I would love to have what, Anthony what, Towns. Nah, eh, now, now we're really going off the deep Anthony end
1: Davis.
0: Here. I like Anthony Davis. He considers himself a power forward, not a center, though. <laughs> what about Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid. I would love Joel Embiid. The I love like like these guys. Cat, I'm gonna and, and I'll ask and I'll <laughs> ask you these questions. What championship have these guys won? <laughs> None, maybe. Uh, I don't when know. He I, I like them. The center is important. If you're telling me I'm getting one of those type of centers, 100% I'll pay them. Like, 100% I'll pay them. But Man. I look at someone like Brooke Lopez, and I'm like, granted, Brooke they have Giannis. Come
1: on. Hey. <laughs> That's tough. He's 150 years old, getting surgeries, and now he's shooting threes. You would love I mean, to
0: extend, you love to like really exaggerate these ages. Rich to me is like bro, a million years old, bro, Brooke bro, is 100 million years old.
1: Yes, to both of those guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, those are my examples that you're trying to hit me on. Rich, Rich to covered the New York Titans before they were the <laughs> New York Jets, and Brooke Lopez is playing with Jason Kidd, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yes. oh man, yes, to both of those.
0: Oh man, I love it. <laughs> Whew, that, that uh, this is a good place to end it. I love it. I love laughing. Love it. But yeah, I love all the young kids. I want all the young kids to get these minutes, man. I think I think the Knicks need to to do it. And look, man, I'm hoping for a Jets win this Sunday. I want to see them upset the Dolphins. I need that too. I know it's I know it's for nothing at this point, but I just I, I like seeing our teams get some win.
1: Squish the fish, baby, till so I die. Mm. Let's I always don't squish the fish.
2: Just for my <laughs> AFC East round table like nonsense I have to go through every every Wednesday night. Like please
0: beat the fish.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You do go through a lot there, Richie. You I go through, through a lot. Those. That round table is very
0: interesting, and the Dolphins fan is a little Yeah. Very, like, <laughs> yeah. Interesting to say the least, my man. Interesting to say the least. I'll be on my what? channel tonight in a half hour. So <laughs> right. but, you know, Richie, we'll see you Thank you. There. you- Thank, thank you once again, Richie, for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, talking to Knicks, Jets. Please let our listeners know. <laughs> yeah, et Please let our listeners know where they can go find you and, and your awesome content.
2: Yeah, man. You guys know where, where to find me. Um, Richie Malora, um, my personal that's uh, last name, M-O-L-L-U-R-A. And Jets Media, Knicks Media, Mets Media, if you're a Mets fan. Um, and I also have an NFL channel called Touchdown Kingdom. I come out with weekly predictions over there um basically score predictions of each game throughout every single week um so you guys know where to find me and i appreciate all the support it means so much to uh be part of this community um to meet guys like yourself um you know it's really awesome that we're just you know creating our own platform and you know bringing some content to like-minded fans around the world that you know obviously we can turn on ESPN and NFL network and all these you know national televised stuff but you know us fans are just as passionate and knowledgeable as anybody else and anybody that's listening is the same way. So um, I appreciate all the support and it's very, I'm very thankful that you guys reached out to me again to be on your show. It's also uh, always a great time to talk to you fellows about the Jets and the Knicks. Thank you again. Facts, and
1: Richie's channel is really cool because uh, you could live comment and he's uh, really interactive uh, with that. And he throws it right in, right in the right, without even missing a beat, without even, you know, because he's been on it for so long. So uh, it's really cool. It's really smooth. Uh, so definitely uh, check out those uh, live uh, YouTube hits.
2: Yeah. And I'm also live during the Jets games. If you're ever interested, um, uh, it's, it's not for everybody, but some people don't have access to the games and they like yeah. hear me. I, I, live, uh, I live react to it. I give like my own broadcast in a way. And um, it's a lot of fun. So if you're ever watching the Jets game and you want to hear my reaction to whatever's going on, just type in Jets media. And I'll be live for the next, uh,
0: what is it? Four Sundays. Pretty wild. Love that. Nice, nice. I, thought, I did. I did catch one. I did see that you were alive, and I. I think it was against. It was against the Titans. You're. You. You were. That was were, a, big one. That was a hype, good one. Yeah. The, the, hype, <laughs> yeah. the, hype, the hype. I. Yo, you're. You were so hyped for that touchdown. You were just like, <laughs> <laughs> that was like. <laughs> you see,
2: that was like basically everything I ever wanted to witness as a Jets fan because I never thought it would ever happen. Just a play like that was just like it's happening in that moment. Obviously. Not really happening anymore, but I knew it wasn't going to last. So that's why I was, <laughs> I was just like, just letting all my energy out, like all the frustration, like, wow, we got a highlight.
0: There we go. Yeah. Highlight what it was. Highlight real. Hey, Zach Wilson. What was he? He got uh, twice, right? He's been an offensive player of the week for the, right? Twice, maybe Twice. And win his third, not this week, against the Jaguars. <laughs> there we go. That's the, <laughs> that's the energy I like. All right. Thank you, Richie, for coming on. Thank you to our awesome listeners all right and you know what to do you know the call to action if you listen to this podcast on apple podcast please make sure to give us a five-star review and to leave a comment helps out oh so greatly but if you don't listen there it's okay we're on spotify google play amazon Alexa, stitcher you name it we are there we're also on youtube now we got the channel up and going all right just type in Nicks comma Jets comma ETC period. We don't write et cetera out. That's just wild. But make sure to go there. subscribe to our video subscribe to the we're channel.. Yeah, we're not. Uh, <laughs> make sure to hit the like button when you're watching the video. make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when a new episode drops. And while you're there, we got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg, go down the NFL Slate, give you their takes on who to bet on. spreads, money line. you know what it is. They give you all that stuff. Still don't know why Greg loves betting on the Jets, the Jaguars, <laughs> and uh the Bears. But he hey, you points, do you, pal. bro? You the do you. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All right, everyone, we'll catch you next week for the rapid reaction of the Jets versus the Dolphins. We out.
1: Let's go, Jets, and let's go next, baby.